2: Third and five. Got his men, and it's a touchdown for San Francisco. Ball is batted in the air and intercepted. The Cardinals get their first break of the night. Stanton has Fitzgerald for the touchdown. Niners with a first down throw and it's intercepted. There he is again. And he leaps across for another score. David Johnson. Watch out here. That's a safety. Arians celebrates.
4: It wasn't pretty on Thursday Night Football. Cardinals 33, 49ers 21, but you know what? They don't count style points in the standings, and the Cardinals needed this game badly. I'm Greg Rosenthal. I'm here with Chris Wesseling, as always, talking Thursday Night Football before we get to the full Week 5 preview. Chris Wesseling, you boys, the Cardinals, got off the schneid in a game that they had to start Drew Stanton, so they got to be happy.
1: Drew Stanton was terrible. He was (laughs) awful. He was bad. They won in spite of him. I watched this game with Mark, and midway through the second quarter, we both said they can't just run David Johnson all game and expect to win as their only play. And it's almost what they did. It it is. They could because that's how good David
4: Johnson is. I mean, that's why as bad as this game was for long stretches, there was 12 punts in the first half. uh, It was ugly. Some bad quarterback play you got to see David Johnson rack up 185 yards from scrimmage using the entire arsenal. I mean, plays to the outside, stops and starts, running over people at the goal line, nice wheel route. It was basically, hey, we're going to win this game with just David Johnson. And, oh, by the way, one of the best all-time
1: receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, having another big night. It's crazy how different this year's Cardinals are because if you watch them all season so far, They have a few mainstays. On offense, you have David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Those have been their only, their, best. their only two reliable players when last year Michael Floyd was so good at the end of the year. John Brown was so good throughout the year. Carson Palmer was so great. This year it's only David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. And then on defense, Tony Jefferson, who made a great special teams play tonight too. And Marcus Golden, who is a young James Harrison coming mm. off the edge. He has been one of my favorite defensive players to watch this year. And the reason the Cardinals let Dwight Freeney walk after leading in sacks is because they wanted Marcus Golden to play every down. He leads the NFL in sacks. He leads the NFL in sacks right now. He had 10 tackles, made some plays in the running
4: game. Chandler Jones playing pretty well, too. That's a nice tandem that they have. But to, to your point on Fitzgerald and Johnson, it's ama- how bad would this Cardinals team be if they didn't have two of the very best players? We're
1: talking two all pros this year. Uh, absolutely. Here, here, this
4: puts it in perspective. I just did some quick math on the on a paper. I got a lot higher than uh thirty nine on my state mandated. I believe that. We didn't have state mandated math tests. They had two hundred and sixty six yards tonight. The rest of the Cardinals team had twenty two more yards.
1: They only had twenty. They had that 200. is outrageous. Mark and I saw that stat when we were watching the game
4: and we were appalled. it's it's outrageous. Fitzgerald's greatness, you could see it in his in the th- first three touchdowns that uh, the Cardinals scored. Two of them were by Fitzgerald using some veteran savvy, separating from defender, using... A little push-off. Yeah, little push off, a little push-off. using little savvy his strength, push But he knows how to get away with it, making Drew Stanton look good on one of his better throws of the night. And then on the third touchdown, it was David Johnson running it in with Fitzgerald blocking. So these two guys are great. I agree with you. Stanton is a problem. They're not going to win any games with Stanton at quarterback unless they're they're playing the 49ers. They would have lost any other game, and they got lucky tonight. Their first two touchdowns come after a tipped tipped pick, uh, which really turned the game around, and then a fumbled kickoff. Their first two touchdown drives totaled 35 yards combined, but that helped them uh, feel a little better and get some points. Bruce
1: Arians' hand-picked backup quarterback from their time together in Indianapolis. We remember before they traded for Carson Palmer, and he went out on a limb and said, I have no qualms, starting Drew Stanton. This is his hand-picked guy, and of the last five years, he is out of 75 quarterbacks with 300 or more pass attempts. He's in the 70 to 75 range in almost every passing category. He's that bad of a pass
4: 4.4 yards per attempt, so that's lower than Johnson's yards per carry. That said, they're 2-3. and three. Uh, they get a couple home games here. They get the Jets next week also in primetime. Hopefully Carson Palmer is back. You just you hope that they just start getting it rolling because they needed this one to, to flip to the other side very quickly. The most noteworthy thing for the 49ers to me were the we want cap chance. I don't know if you could hear that where you were, Chris Wesley, and the crowd
1: wanting Kaepernick, and I can't blame them. Because Let's be Ka- honest, though. Kaepernick, who is so many pounds underweight, and he's standing on the sideline looking like Gazoo from the Flintstones. <laughs> I mean, can we take this guy seriously as a better option to blame
4: Gabbert? He's not He's not saving this team. I mean, Gab. it's a bad sign, though. The best thing about the 49ers' offense was Gabbert's running ability. He had 70 yards. Jerry ru- R-
1: Curley R- would like the world to know. Oh, that's true. That when the story of his career is written, it will say, "Okay, I have been the best receiver on two different teams. How many receivers in history have said that? Yeah, that,
4: that was one um, – Downside for the Cardinals tonight. They put Honey Badger in the slot, and Jeremy Curley had his way with them, really. Eight catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown to Honey Badger getting back to the mix. But Honey Badger did give me my most memorable part of this game. They had him mic'd up. I don't know if they ever even aired this, but I saw it when they showed it during commercials. Sometimes we'll see the production. He was just screaming to anyone on the sideline that would listen over and over again: That's David Johnson! That's David Johnson! That's David Johnson! That's David
1: Johnson! And, I, and I'm sitting there thinking, I, I know the feeling, baby. Which brings us back to all or nothing when Honey Badger's on the sideline saying that's a bigger version of Marshall Falk. So, and what Mark Sessler would like everyone to know tonight <laughs> is David Johnson is like Genghis Khan running with the horse. And the wind is blowing the mane. And he is taking the Mongolian steps while the 49ers linebackers are little prairie soldiers hiding behind trees, hoping David Johnson doesn't trample them. And with that,
4: over to you, Dan Hansis.
0: The Around the NFL podcast is now entering the Gabbard Zone.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. The Thursday edition. Of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by and brought to you by, exclusively, Mister Flame's economics class in the Hague, the Netherlands. Thank you, Mister Flame, for all that you do for us. Uh, this is our uh, week five preview show. Woo! So, uh, you know, time keeps time keeps moving. Wes, give yeah. me like an old song that references time and the passage of it.
1: Uh, there's a Bangles song, time, time, time.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow,
1: you, can't, you came through it. How about it's Cindy Lauper, Time After Time? Time
3: keeps okay. on ticking into, into, into the future.
2: All right. Steve Miller Band. Wes, uh, any other 70s or 80s female pop acts uh, <laughs> with time references? I like this. Good
1: question. I'll have to think about that and get back. The
2: song you were referencing, by the way, by the Bangles is Hazy Shade of Winter. There you go. Great song. Maybe uh, Kate Bush has a song. Maybe. <laughs> What about you? Got any rap references? Old hip hop Rosenthal here?
4: I got nothing. I'm impressed Wes could do that off the
2: top of his head. That's very good. Uh, Yes, what you just heard at the top of the show uh, was Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal, the scientists, breaking down uh, the banger uh, in Arizona uh, Thursday night between – the Drew Stanton-led Arizona Cardinals uh, and uh, their matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, not the best game in the world, but we have some better ones to talk about. Um, even though we do have some buys this week, guys.
3: I don't like where this show is going right off the top. Why? <laughs> I made a musical reference, too, and Greg only referenced Wes's. Oh, I liked Wes's musical <laughs> references. <laughs> That's true, but I, you had a little it's more time. It's very to, true.
4: You had time to think about it. What I was saying, I don't like when people give you an open ended question like that and you just got to boom. Well, you said, you said did that it. you
3: yourself couldn't come up with one and I did, and so yeah. not how much time well, I had. I got it done before if, the clock expired. If
4: I was power ranking the ability to answer Dan's musical questions, number one, Wes, number two, Mark, number three.
3: Well, myself. okay. <laughs> Sorry, Dan.
2: Uh, behind the glass, I just started. If, you could, if we could turn back time by share. Mm. Oh wow! And then I'll go into some mid '90s uh, Heartland rock. Uh, if you give me a second, <laughs> time, why you punish me? Why, why did like we... a wave crashing into the shore? Punish
3: punishing us is you wash away
2: my dream.
3: I regret bringing this topic up a second time.
2: Who was that? was like, oh, Edwin I McCain? was born at 32 years old in 2004. It's not I Edwin McCain, is it? That is Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay.
1: Uh, how about memories? Misty watercolor memories yes. of the way we were.
2: This is all set up to get Wes <laughs> to sing. All right. Wes went deeper, showing his age there. That is uh, uh, early 70s.
1: I like to think not showing my age, showing my appreciation, unlike millennials, for things that happened before I was born. Woo. All right. It's
2: all on the table wow. now. All right, let's move on. We are Now we're drifting, Mark. I like it. We Things were okay, and then you called out Greg, and it sent us down a further yeah. work. Well, there are we two are less unmoored.
3: games this now, week, and we still have to make sure that we cross the hour barrier for the show. <laughs> now, so. now all the listeners that have
4: the Around the NFL drinking game just got drunk because Wes made fun of millennials. Mm. So there we go. That's
1: and good. I
2: sang. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs, the New Orleans Saints, the Seattle Seahawks, and Jacksonville Jaguars all off this week. Uh, but uh, still, there are games to talk about because we already had the, the two teams from Thursday, and then two plus four equals six. Thirty-two minus six is twenty-six. Thirteen games to talk about. That's more, right.
1: More drinking game fodder. Woo!
2: On fire. All right. So yes, why don't let's not waste any time, guys. Let's dive right into these previews, and let us start um, on the throne of ease. Because you might have heard hmm. that uh, that a quarterback is uh, back in action after a uh, much deserved and warranted four-game suspension for taking air out of footballs, which was proven conclusively. Uh, <laughs> None of just, this is true. We just move forward now. That was that's something that happened. You can't fight it anymore. He served the suspension, so it definitely happened. And now he's back. Tom Brady is the quarterback of the New England Patriots again. No more Jake Brisket talk. <laughs>
3: Ooh, slides me off a piece of that Jake
2: brisket. That is the last time we'll ever use that drop. No Jimmy Garoppolo talk, most likely. Tom Brady's the quarterback, and what happens, Mark? He travels to Cleveland with his Patriots teammates to face the Browns, the only winless team in football. Uh, you cannot be feeling. You were very upset uh, when the Redskins beat your Browns. They were your lock of the week. Yeah. But there will be no such locks this week, will there?
3: Um, <clears throat> you know, they will, I think they won't be a winless team come Sunday night. Wow. No, I'm kidding. Oh,
2: okay. this, uh, no,
3: saying. I I'll say this about Cleveland. And I and Greg echoed it in his power rankings, that they've played hard every game. I know people think that's uh you know should we, should a, we get the
2: lollipops out?
3: I know, I, I agree. It's it's just that they have the number one rushing tack in football. They're not some they're not absolutely functionless, but this is a buzzsaw. I mean it's not just Tom Brady, they get Rob Ninkovich back this week as well. And, you know, Bill Belichick has uh, what's he, what, what are you going to game plan for your? Terrell Pryor? Not a whole lot else outside of stopping the run. And we, I think we're going to get a Tom Brady that is going to be ultra fired up, angry, and ready to decimate whatever is in his way.
2: We should add that Rob Gronkowski, uh, Mike Garofalo report came out this week that the hamstring is still not ripe. And I guess inside that building, there's some surprise that it hasn't. Uh, recuperated at the rate that they expected, uh, but Gronk came out on uh, Wednesday and made some comments along the lines of he's uh, looking to push uh, to the next level and kind of get out there, be more of a force on this offense. Well, he's not Gronk.
4: They're showing it by how they're using him. Martellus Bennett is their best tight end right now, and they're... Not it,
1: only their best tight end.
4: Probably the best tight end in the league through he's four weeks. He's been the
1: best tight end in football through four weeks. I he's, think, he's their new Gronk while Gronk is on the shelf. His movement for
4: 275 pounds is outrageous. I mean, maybe he's moved this well before in his career, but I I don't remember. I mean, in terms of the open field and the running for that size is just crazy.
2: Even if Gronk gets back to 100%, you would think they should make sure he's going to have a role going forward. Well, that uh, was the plan, wasn't it? To
3: have both of them. That's what they've tried to do ever since Aaron
2: Hernandez got
3: shuffled out of the league.
1: This offense is going to give defenses fits. You could throw in Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, James White, LeGarrette Blunt. This this offense is going to have way too many weapons Offense's to be stopped once Gronk is healthy against a Brown secondary that is
3: low wattage to say the least.
4: It, it is, and you would think it's going to get going, but the offensive line didn't play last, well last week. This is a much easier matchup, you would think, and the defense didn't play well last week for the Patriots, so they're going to be fired up to get back on track. Ninkovich is a very important. I think that's a huge deal addition for them, and they were a team. I think if you're going to beat the Patriots, ball control. Offense, like the Bills showed last week, is what is the best way to do it. Certainly for the Browns, I think that's how they're going to try to attack
3: them. Yeah, I mean they're not going to face the Redskins' completely soft bellied run defense this week, and the Patriots are in about middle of the league stopping the run. But you know, I, I just don't see Cleveland winning this unless they absolutely play the perfect game. You'd have well,
2: to. How about this? The the Browns have played everybody tight. They're they're due for a win. I mean, at zero and three or zero and four, and. Tom Brady's been sunbathing and shooting commercials and been <laughs> off the grid. Maybe they don't hit the ground running and, and pile up, you know, five hundred total yards this week. Maybe it's gonna take him a couple weeks well, for the Patriots to be the Patriots. What kind of game plan do you think they will unfurl with Brady?
3: I'm not you know, he's coming back. He's still Tom Brady, but maybe it isn't a complete departure from what they've been doing on the ground in terms of you know favoring the run on some level.
4: Oh, I think they'll throw a lot. I mean, he's not gonna be going deep down the field, but that's their team. I know LeGlaire Blunt's played well. But their team is Edelman, Gronk, Amendola, and it's a Hogan, good matchup for
1: that. Team. Bennett, short passing, let let Brady do it. I know that Hugh Jackson is scheming well for these running backs, but uh, Isaiah Crowell, oh Crowell, looks Crowell, yeah. looks much more explosive this year. As a, well, this is the best two leading yards per carry guys
3: in the league on the same team for and, the, the first Browns. time of, of any NFL Dude team going back well to, the, to By the, the 1950s. Way,
1: while the Bengals are averaging 3.4 yards per carry. Hugh Jackson's yeah. gone, and he took his offense to mm. Cleveland. Yep. Uh,
2: let's move on, guys. Let's talk about one of the few remaining undefeated teams in football, the Philadelphia Eagles, 3-0, and coming off their bye week. Now they travel uh, to Detroit to face the Lions, who had a bad loss uh, to a bad Bears team last week. So, uh, you know, even though – and listen, this is not stuff that I just tell everybody. Sure. I, I don't call my mom and tell her this, but I can tell you guys this because you're real football heads. I like this cooter.
1: I got a question for you. Actually, this comes from loyal podcast listener Drew Augustine. Did you
2: catch what I said, though?
1: A Lions fan wants to know, Mm -hmm. does Dan still like that cooter?
2: I love it. No, because I think I'm going to give him a pass. That was the first bad Matt Stafford game in weeks. Uh, And let me just say, I'm not going to lock this up or anything, uh, but uh, Greg Roosevelt, I really think uh, that the Detroit Lions could give the Eagles some fits here.
4: I don't see it. I think this Eagles team, because of their defense, because they're a complete team, should take care of this game. I mean, the Lions are missing Ziggy Ansah and DeAndre Levy from a defense that to me was talent challenge to begin with. I, I don't think you can undersell how short they are defensively. They're also possibly missing starting cornerback Nevin Lawson for this game and I he made in- that name up. That's no. a big loss. That He's is- like Clive Walford's Bug. British
1: bro- brother or something.
4: <laughs> and I, I want to see how this Eagles running game does against them. The Eagles, last time we saw the Eagles, didn't matter who was that running back, whether it's Smallwood or Barner, and they get Matthews back this week or Sproles. They're all running pretty well behind this offensive line.
1: Let me unpack that Cooter question for you, dude. Sure, bud. The Lions scored one touchdown against the Titans. We're down 31-3 to against the Packers while the game was still in- –
4: no, that's well. That's not fair. They had literally two or three drives before that score. Before they fell behind by twenty-four to three, and they started. Going. Here's the
1: trend. They played well. They against scored the one touchdown against the Titans. Yep. They were down thirty-one to three against the Packers. Twenty-four to three. And they yeah. scored six points on offense against the Bears. You still like that Cooter? Mmm. And this is a matchup. That's fair. This is a tough matchup. <laughs> you think
4: about what the Eagles did to the. The Steelers, when they came into town, the secondary, which we thought was going to be a weakness, they were jumping those routes against well, the Steelers. <laughs> they were
3: jumping. They were all over them. We got you. Uh, we, you know, here's <laughs> the thing. In Philadelphia, everyone's talking about Carson <laughs> Wentz, funny. and that's the whole thing, but... Jim Schwartz is a defensive coordinator who could win coordinator of the year, I think. I mean, you, it's the defense as much as the offense in he's, that
2: city right now. He's going to make some team very unhappy as a head coach. <laughs> I,
3: I would. I think more of these guys – I know you want to become a head coach, but he has gone – everywhere he goes as a defensive coordinator – it is an absolute victorious, I, lights out performance. We say
1: this all the time. It's a different skill set between coordinating and being a head coach. Totally different jobs. And maybe, I don't know why I keep trying to do that job over and over? And you, maybe, maybe guys like him and Josh McDaniels are meant to be. coordinating yeah. I think he was a good. I think he was an underrated
4: head coach. I know he had some. Really, he had some moments. He was a little chesty. He had some moments that he could learn from. But if you look at the team that he took over. The worst team in the league. He played pretty
3: well.
2: He was chesty. I mean, he, well. he was a little chesty.
3: Yeah, I know what he's talking about. It's a complete indictment. Every time the Eagles play. Oh, I know play, what he's
2: talking about too, Greg. I just haven't heard. I don't hear the term like thrown it. around a lot. He's peacocking out there. Yeah. I every
3: Every time the Eagles play, we talked about this. Every time Carson Wentz registers another W, it's an extra L for the Browns. And every time the Eagles win at it all, it's another black mark on Chip Kelly what's happening in Eagle in, in Eagles land right now is a complete regime change that couldn't be more of an A plus mark in the and, and these rookie
4: quarterbacks, they've been they've benefited from the right schedules to start. They really have. It's not taking away from them and it's continuing here. Why should we think the Lions are gonna be the ones to make Wentz look bad?
2: There isn't this these are the Eagles we're talking about, by the way. There could be a course correction in the near future. That's just throwing Yeah,
3: that out there. And to Greg's point, Wentz is demolishing teams. He isn't just skating, getting by them by a point and a bunch of other stuff happening. Eagles in a route.
2: Let's move on. You'll see, Greg. I'll show you. I'll show all of you. Suddenly a Lions fan. I like it. I don't know. I just like the Lions better than everybody else. I don't know why. Uh, Moving on, those Chicago Bears who beat the Lions last week now travel to Indianapolis uh, to face the Colts, uh, a Bears team that will be without Kevin White, who for the second straight year is on IR with a leg injury. I think this is a lower leg injury. Uh, So Kevin White, who was actually – showing some signs of progress and growth against the Lions now is out of the picture. Is this one of those things where he could come back or is Kevin White history? They they made it sound like he has a chance to return late in the season, but there's no way to
3: These do guys it. cannot catch a break.
2: Yeah. So this this would be a, a battle between two and one one of three uh teams west and you know what that that means. This is a uh <laughs> injured animal game. You're not going to run that drop again, game. are you? The injured animal game drop? No. Do we have a? No. You know, no we don't have anything. You, and testing you is have in, been improvisational skills
3: here. Do you we, have been we, asked we, by multiple listeners to never play that again.
1: But is, and but, by me. Wait. I mean, what? Uh,
0: somewhere in the ether, it may exist.
1: Okay. That's,
0: listen. I don't want to make. I, something I.
1: I. Easy. That's I, Sydney's d- way of making a statement. She knows. What Thank you, doing. Sydney.
2: I I answered a no man, including Chris Wessling. You are not beholden to anyone. That I, if we want to, by the way, that was not an injured dog. It sounded like it. Though. It was a puppy barking, and uh, you know, I got I got Wes, who's you know. You're speaking about of the
4: sound effect last week for people that haven't heard. Wes it, is about to like, yelping quit the dog NFL
2: and go work with Sarah McLaughlin, and they got people like, "How could you do that?" I love dogs. I'm not gonna. There's not gonna be a sound drop of an actual injured dog. It just sounded bad. You sound it bad. Pulled at my heartstrings, Dan. All right, here we go, Wes. Let's Bears
3: talk. and Colts fans getting we're getting a deep dive on this Colts. All right, Bears next fans.
2: game, Titans at no. Wes, tell us about <laughs> Bears and Colts. Two teams that desperately need a win.
1: I didn't get up early to watch the London game last week, so I watched the Colts last night, and I came away irate that Andrew Luck is under fire. He starts this game with rookies at center, right guard, right tackle, five at least five or six drops. Let me let me quiz you guys on this. Who is the second most targeted player on the Indianapolis Colts? Jack
2: Doyle? Dwayne Allen?
1: It's undersized, undrafted, unable to make defenders missed, rookie running back Josh Ferguson. Mm. The second most targets on this team. And not effectively. And, no, not effective at all. And, and there's this idea that Andrew Luck has weapons at receiver. He's got T.Y. Hilton, and that's about it. He's got Philip Dorsett. He's, he's, on good. Pace he's good for, for what? Two? Making the leap. He's good for yeah. like one huge catch a game. was it Phillip 100% percent. last week. Some pace to get sacked 60 times. Oh. They haven't had a 100-yard rusher since 2012. He scores 27 points, which in most years is a top five offense if you score 27 points, and he's under fire all week. Andrew Luck is the furthest thing
2: from a problem on this team. People are giving Andrew Luck crap for being stuck on one of the worst teams in the AFC. I I think this this is a disaster situation for him. It's not his fault. Sometimes
4: people, you want to just give a pass to players out of reputation. You watch these games and Wes is a hundred percent right. Andrew Luck for these four games deserves a pass. Didn't play great in Denver. The other three games, he is trying to lift up a lousy organization.
3: Well, and we've said this a thousand times outside of Andrew Luck, this is a poorly put together team. And, you know, I heard from someone who was at the London game that people upstairs in the in the Colts booth were not happy with what was happening during that game. Well, one and guy they have was, a
1: reason to be. One guy was promptly dismissed from the team, Antonio Cromartie, who had two Moore or three too. penalties. Yeah, C.O. Moore's gone because he yep. couldn't cover at linebacker. I think there's signs that the, this defense is getting to be actually an NFL defense. Mm. Vontae Davis is back, and he's by the far their best defensive player.
4: They stopped the run. It's... It's a lot of the offensive talent around him, but I think this is one of the biggest games, this sounds weird, in the pagano Grigson era because you lose at home to the Bears, one of the worst teams in the league, after, first of all, you ask the league not to have a bye week after you're coming home from London. We'll see how that mm. plays out. And you're 1-4 with a home loss to the Bears after Jim Irsay just signed these two guys to 2019, if you read the articles in Indianapolis and the fan base there, they're all they're all going nuts because they're thinking this is the same Pagano nonsense we've seen for four years. Why did you let him convince you to keep the job? You you were going to get rid of him this whole year, yeah, much less has-
3: your general manager.
2: Both of them. Here's uh, some stats to back up some of the dreadful. Uh- line play in front of Andrew Luck. He's been sacked 15 times, that's last in the NFL. He's been hit 30 31 times, that's 31st in the league. They're averaging just 88 yards a gra- uh on the on the ground, that's 24th. And they only have uh five rushes of 10 plus yards, which is uh tied for last. I mean, there's just nothing cooking on this offense, and you have uh, you know, a franchise quarterback, and he's just stuck on a terrible team. This is even worse. We talked about, is he the new Dan Marino? At least Dan Marino had some uh, real tools around him, and he could uh, run up the score. This guy's just
3: taking a pound. It's a depressing team because they could have done so much more with what they had over the last couple of years. I, I want to do one
4: positive thing about the Colts. This week, the inconvenient truth. Frank Gore mm. can pass Jim Brown on the all-time rushing leaders list. He passed Marshall Falk and Marcus Allen last week. He's going up to number nine. He's going to Canton.
2: You hear that, Mark? <laughs> Frank Gore better than Jim Brown. That's what Greg just said.
1: <laughs> I hate well, to besmirch your favorite player, but I know you and Mark like the way he's running. He's part of the problem. There are no big plays coming from that running back position. He, To me, he is
4: not part of the problem. He's a role player who they... Have failed by putting him, giving him too many carries. He okay, that's why so they thought he was a final a piece of the puzzle. When He'd they be signed good him. for ten carries he, a week. He's averaging over four, four point three yards per carry. But, he's running well in the first half. They, they're counting on him way too much.
3: Right? There's just the run game is dead on arrival. In general, it has been for years in Indianapolis. Another reason that Andrew Luck is struggling. Watch
4: out, this isn't a gimme game for them. I can't that wait the for the Bears. It. Are
2: let's move on. Another matchup of one and three teams: the Tennessee Titans who uh, came in real low on the, around the NFL power pole uh, this week. Travel now to Miami to face the Dolphins, a game that uh, could be interesting to see how the weather plays a role in this. Hurricane Matthew rolling up the coast. Just rolled through Haiti, unfortunately. Coming up the uh, the shoreline. Greg made sure to say, Dan, be prepared to talk about the hurricane before <laughs> the show today. Here I am talking about the storm, bro. Have you seen the visuals on this hurricane? High end visuals. The radar that-
1: looks like an evil clown. Right. By the time people
4: listen to this podcast, you know, the the hurricane will be rolling through. Or it'll have happened. But who knows? If if it's as bad as, as some people say, this game could be Delayed or canceled?
1: They are battening down the hatches in Tybee Island right now. They
3: well, and my parents live in South Carolina and just had to flee to inner Georgia. They, they canceled uh, Dolphins. I don't know if they canceled
4: practice, but they sent home all personnel they did today. on, on yep. Thursday.
2: Um, so, Mark Sessler, let's work under the assumption that this game is played and everybody's okay. Uh, who is a better team here? Who's the better hmm. team?
3: <clears throat> that's that's a tough one. I mean, I, I think that Tennessee does one thing well where the Dolphins don't. And that is Tennessee. Whether we like their offense or not, they can't throw. They have no passing game, but they are moving the ball on the ground. They are third in the carry, third in the league in yards per carry. And the Dolphins have the 28th ranked run defense. It's a good matchup. If it's one of those, this is the kind of game Tennessee wants to get in. Um, they're a very one-dimensional offense, but they, you know, after the Dolphins, you've got the Browns, the Colts, the Jags, and the Chargers for Tennessee. This is a chance to get mm-hmm. right. Gosh, you got to start by taking down. This Dolphins team right here, and if they, if the, if Mike Malarkey's Titans want to be what they talked about, this is a this is a good opportunity to
1: showcase that. I still don't know if I trust them very much, though. I, I don't think they're going to be what they talked about. I think that ship has sailed. Mm.
3: I mean, they're Why? not you running mean, they, the ball terribly. They, they,
4: the running backs look good. They feel like the offensive line has a chance to be good. They could do that, couldn't they? Mariota, I, when I watched that, I thought he showed a little more last week. Made some nice. But he's got plays. a long
1: way to come
4: from I at least it felt like a a little bit
2: of an improvement from from Mariota and the offense last week and then on the Dolphin side guys you have uh, Miami coming off a terrible uh, Thursday night performance had some extra time now four straight road home games to save their season Wes Uh, what are you seeing from Miami right
1: it's not often that you scratch your head over a coach's decision like Adam Gase playing four different running backs with no rhyme or reason for what role they're in and it's it's even more rare for the coach to come out and say, yeah, that's bad coaching, my mistake. Mm. I guess I won't play all four running backs with no rhyme or reason. We're going to start – and I think Arian Foster has at least returned to individual drills, so maybe he's close to coming back.
4: Yeah, I don't think that he's going to be back. Not to mention one of those four running backs is Isaiah Peed. It's just like, hey, we're going to keep our rotation four at a time. Like, why? It, it was a bizarre thing by Adam Gase. You know, when I watched his post-game press conference, I know you don't want to get too much into that, but I, I thought – I don't know. Is this guy a head coach?
2: Mm. Like,
4: just, I, well, I don't know. The, I will it, say
3: the players like him a lot. They've talked about that. They really dig him inside. Well, the and plate. I will
2: say this: his quarterback is Ryan Tannehill, who
3: stinks.
4: He. This is the lowest moment I think right now for anyone that's ever wanted Ryan Tannehill to to play well, because this marriage with Gabe, so like you,
1: Mike right. Sherman, <laughs> right? It's <laughs> <Ryan> not Tannehill's <laughs> mom, Henry Mike Hodgson. Sherman.
4: This is bad. The offensive line is bad, and I only said that about Gase because he. I think if he learns something from his rookie, seed, I don't think he'll want to take these ups and downs as much as he has been. He was destroyed and distraught and just kind of flying like all over the place after this game, and you you could see how much. I'll how, give how him time
3: on him. that. That's what you learn. Yep.
2: Let's move on, guys. Uh, talk about a interconference battle, intra. Inter? One In, of them. Intra.
3: You're talking about an NFC team t- playing an AFC I
4: never really understood the point of even saying that ever because I, I don't think everyone – Bro. But, know what, but the, the world doesn't know what's right inter or intra. Either. Then how about cross-conference? How about I'll, just conference games?
2: If no one knows.
4: Non-conference and conference.
2: Intra
1: would be within the division. Yeah.
2: Okay. So inter-conference matchup between the Washington Redskins <laughs> and Baltimore Ravens. Uh, very close. In fact – the, uh, why
1: don't you call it the Battle of Chesapeake Bay? Sure, why not? That works.
2: The Week 5 research Ooh, like notes that. tell me that these teams are just 40 miles apart. Marron. <laughs> How about that for geography? Uh, and here's where these two teams are right now. Uh, at the quarter pole. Don't tell me otherwise. It's How did we get by
3: poll. without that nugget you just dropped on us?
4: Listen, you That's
2: the are most surprising smartest.
3: use of Marron we've had
4: on the podcast. <laughs> yeah.
2: The Redskins have won two in a row uh, after a dreadful 0-2 start. Um, they beat the Cleveland Browns last week, and then you have the Ravens, who are 3-0, and and then they get snipped uh, by the Oakland Raiders for their first loss of the season. Um, Wes, your thoughts on this matchup, which will not include Justin Forsett, by the way, who was released earlier this week.
1: First of all, let me just say, I admire your sticking it to the horse racing industry with Quarter Pool in a game in Baltimore, horse racing country. Ooh, Nicely
4: done. Good point.
1: Yeah. This, this is my favorite top, West, West Vendetta ever. <laughs> West, up top, baby. Quarter pull.
2: <laughs> Go on.
1: <laughs> I don't think we Weird gave the show, Ravens bro. enough respect in the power pool, and here's why. They're 3-1. They? I think they were 13th, and I had them 5th.
4: I was going to ask you – why you had they're 3-1, the and, and we have decide?
1: this sense that they're lucky to be 3-1 because they had close games and they haven't played real tough competition yet. But there are reasons to believe this team is getting stronger. Speaking of coaches admitting they made a mistake in the backfield, Justin Forsett is no longer going to weigh down this running game. Terrence West ran great last week, got stronger throughout the game. Kenneth Dixon, who might be their best three-down running back, skill set-wise, is healthy now and coming back. He's supposed to play this week, make his debut. And I think when you see Steve Smith play, he's playing like 2015 Steve Smith. Brashad Perriman can get better throughout the season. And add an element they haven't had there in Baltimore, I think there are reasons to believe this offense is just going to get better throughout the season.
3: And if you watch what happened not just last week but in previous weeks where Cleveland ran right through Washington's defense to the point where I have watched probably hundreds of Browns games. I have never seen a day where Isaiah Correll, in that case, but any running back just waltzed past mm. the first level of defense and had a prairie land of open space. They made the Giants' running it. attack look Gi- not a Shane great. Shane Vereen team. looked awesome against them. It's like it's one week after the next. Terrence West, who's got fresh legs, who looks like a completely different player
2: this year. This is a great chance for him.
4: Wes is to something with this. Ravens are I, fun to watch.
2: They are fun to watch. I, I'm kind I'm with them on this. Can I just say though? I, I'm just, uh, you know, just being fair here. The Oakland Raiders, a team of ATL nominee knock off your Ravens, and then you're telling me how the, Ra- the Raiders do nothing for you, but they just beat the Ravens who you They love. were lucky to beat a
1: team that outgained uh, them by 150 yards. Okay, I, I, It's luck. Okay, I see how this is. It was luck. Well, we
3: have okay. the Raiders at 11, and the, Ra- the Ravens at 12, and the Raiders at 11 in our power pole. So,
4: what what right Wes is saying in terms of them being fun to watch, I, I agree with because they're a team that has a lot of different parts that they're just bringing together, like you mentioned, that should get better. They've got Mike Wallace as a role player being effective. I mean, this is what Mike Wallace should be. They actually have Mike Wallace in the slot sometimes. They're getting creative. They got Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback out wide. I'm, a, I'm surprised to see Wallace making third down conversions. Steve Smith. Dennis Pitta. Dennis Pitta's a great comeback story. They've got an intriguing story.
1: rookie like Chris Moore who gets deep.
4: And, and, and their defense is similar. I'm a little worried they don't have much of a pass rush, but it's similar in that they have a lot of different pieces, I think, coming together, and they should get better. I think it's bad news for the rest of the AFC North.
2: Hmm.
3: Already has been.
2: Interesting. Moving on, gentlemen, let's talk about the Houston Texans now traveling to face ooh another team of ATL nominee, the Minnesota Vikings undefeated on a short week after a Monday night win against the New York Giants. Uh, the Texans a little sneaky three and one. You don't hear a lot of like people excited about the Texans, uh, but their first the first quarter of their season couldn't have gone much better. Uh, but at the same time, Mark, there there's some reasons to be concerned about Houston despite their record.
3: I I'm not overly impressed with Brock Osweiler at all. I think that there were times when he was playing better last season than he has this year. They've turned the ball over too many times. Lamar Miller, what I think zero rushing touchdowns, and has been. Really not as spectacular as I thought he would be. And outside of Will Fuller, who is one of the most fascinating first-year players in the entire league, I don't think that offense is a, is is a, is a great operation at this point. They're near the bottom of the league in points scored per game. And Brock Osweiler gives you one or two plays a game that absolutely kill them.
2: You got you spent a lot of money on Brock Osweiler or Lamar Miller. You went and you got a, a wide receiver in the draft that's very talented, but a quarter of the way through the season, you're ranked 25th in offense. And it's a problem. Football Outsiders has them dead last in
4: offense this season. They have them as the 29th best team in the entire league, partly cuz they've had bad special teams, too. And if you're a bad offense or an offense trying to figure things out, the last place you want to go is to, we need a nickname for this Minnesota Dome or something. Let's
2: come up with a nickname. The House not of, technically a dome, by the way.
4: The House of Beautiful Light Flowing Through
3: Glass. That's not where you want to go. A menagerie?
2: Go. Speaking of uh, improvising, that's good.
3: Oh, no, a menagerie is animal-related. Like, you tweet about that, and it's half your tweet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll work it. Sure, you
3: got to think in characters, 2006. This is
2: your domain, Dan. What about the Greenhouse? Ooh. Field glassed in. I like it. I mean, in.
3: for a team that's you know almost essentially always described in purple, I like that. Also, oh, when they host the Packers in the greenhouse in Minnesota, it's that's not, not really, exactly intimidating. Mm. The, green the greenhouse. House. We might be growing some plants and flowers here. <laughs>
2: Uh, what about this game, though? So the Vikings, they seem well set. i They look like a very tough uh, team to beat at home. The only thing I will say that they've had two home games. Both have been in prime time with everybody just going uh, insane. And it's a different type of vibe. Uh, West in a game during the day, do you think that could be a little different? They might not be as intimidating in their building. Well, I mean, that's one way to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I'm I'm being dead serious. I think I, I think about, that's a hard place to go into in prime time and win. I think like, it's
1: gonna be
4: tough in the daytime too. Why not? It's gonna be loud.
1: You're talking about a top three defense against, like Greg said, football outsiders worst ranked offense. It's a mismatch in Minnesota's favor and if you look at the offense for the Vikings too, I think you can see that they're better without Adrian Peterson. That sounds controversial, but he's a rather limited player. In the fact that he doesn't run out of the shotgun, doesn't run pass routes, doesn't pass protect very well, it allows you to do more things without him. I
3: understand you can keep
1: defenses guessing. Right,
3: I understand that the Texans are three and one. I naturally really look at them as a three and one team. Uh, this would be a huge upset to me if Houston went into Minnesota day or night, Dan and uh took this one down the, the one the not one happening the one thing texans fans could look to is that
4: the style of these two teams play lends itself to keeping it close to the vest and you, you know that the vikings don't get a big special teams play they're two defense-led teams as well as sam bradford's played this year they're not scoring a lot of points that's not who they are
3: daniel hunter is an absolute fascination to watch on defense they've got they keep bringing new players, and finding new guys. There is not a weak spot on that defense, and I don't know how Houston gets points in this. Here's,
2: here's a weird thing about Houston's offense, too. Last year, uh, it was a great stat about um – uh, new new copkins that he had you know 1500 receiving yards and over 100 catches and he did it with what four different starting quarterbacks uh, this year he has the stability of a quarterback but his numbers aren't there and you look at oswald's figures five of his six picks this season he's targeting hopkins so there's something off there with their chemistry he they and fuller get them- have a much better get- thing going on that's something they got to get figured out because hopkins makes that offense go let's move on guys let's talk about oh my new york jets Speaking of buzzsaws, this is a bad situation for the Jets. They now, uh, in a, almost a must-win game, when you look at the playoff uh, picture right now, uh, they travel to Pittsburgh at 1-3 and three to face a Steelers uh, team that looked uh, mi- almost unbeatable uh, against an overmatched Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, The Steelers now have back Le'Veon Bell, as we know. Uh, So they're healthy. They're at home. The Jets are scrambling. Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown uh, nine interceptions in two weeks. He's been a total disaster. Uh, This seems, uh, Greg, like a really tough sell to convince myself that the Jets are going to come away with a win that gets their season back on track. It is, it is a tough sell. I don't know what to
4: say about the Jets to make you feel better other than you know I, I saw their schedule the rest of the way after Pittsburgh was actually rated by Football Outsiders the easiest in well,
2: the NFL. That's what I've been saying. They had to get three and three through six games, and then they could get things going, but, but they're not pulling it off. Here's some right more now. bad
4: news. You, their defense real. I don't know what to think about their defense. For instance, Football Outsiders, I know we're quoting them a lot this week. Wow. They have the, they have the Jets as the worst team in the league. They have the Browns 31, the Jets 32, and that's partly because they have the Jets' defense ranked 28th. They've struggled to get off the field and they've given up on the
3: plays. I mean, it's the turnovers, plays. too. Come on. Well,
1: well Turno- the, turnovers Let me ask you this: yeah. what's the Jets' liability on defense? The secondary. They give up big plays. Yes. What's the Steelers' strength on offense? They attack relentlessly down the field. Ben Roethlisberger goes. progressions. His progressions are touchdown, first down, check down. More than any quarterback in the league, he's going touchdown and first.
2: That, and let me uh, continue to pile on against the Jets here. Terrell Rivas, Re- Re- who we have a lot of indications is not Rivas anymore, also has a bad hamstring. So you take the best player that they have in their secondary that may not be one of the best in the league anymore, and you slow him down with an injury there is a lot we're going to get some. That's the thing. That's a good point. The Fitzpatrick interceptions, that's gotten all the headlines, and he's been bad. There's no doubt about it. But the thing that's really surprised me about this team this year is how the defense has not been good, especially the back end, which is getting burned over and over and over again for big plays by some no-names, not just Mm. A.J. Green types, guys that have been... Tanner McAvoy. And they don't have have a great pass rush, so
4: that kind of shows up in terms of... I don't
2: know where the pass rush is. They had seven sacks in week one, and they've gone back to being uh, MIA on the rush Uh, since.
3: I agree that the Fitzpatrick thing could be overvalued versus other stuff. but I wouldn't say it's overvalued. Eight of his interceptions are coming in the fourth quarter, and you want to talk about putting your defense in bad positions. Well, it's turning gotta, the ball over. I know there was one disastrous game
2: there. Because a lot of those interceptions in the fourth quarter have not been ones where the game was even in play. It was just he's forcing it down I'm the just field. saying
3: it's a, the, the thing is we're getting the Ryan St. Patrick that we were scared of all off offseason.
2: He's – Again, I'm not downplaying Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm just saying that is only part of the reason why they've struggled so badly. This I,
4: I think we might have also underplayed the return of Le'Veon Bell, or we just didn't talk about it enough because D'Angelo Williams has been playing so well, you think, okay, well, they, they are ready. We're running the ball. Well, they had a guy who was probably one of the best five or six running backs in the league, but Le'Veon Bell to me is the best running back in the league until proven otherwise. And he showed it again, in his first game back, I think David Johnson's great too, but to me, you got to take the throne, and Le'Veon Bell has shown nothing. The difference in terms of defenses, having to prepare for the best running back and most versatile running back and the best wide receiver on the same team, suddenly it gets really tough to plan mm. your defense. You always talk about double teams, and those are two of the best in the league, and they're on a team with Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball to them. So that it just makes it so tough to defend.
1: Roethlisberger is the most fun quarterback in the league to watch. He just relentlessly attacks down the field, not just with deep throws, but with accurate deep throws. Mm. Do we think that Eagles game was just a, a weird throwout scenario? Yeah, I think every team gets one of those, don't you? Yeah. That's a
4: mulligan. I think you could maybe hit their defense up for some big points some weeks, but usually the, the Steelers are at least getting a shootout.
2: Uh, let's move on, folks. And here is... Uh, to me, the game of the week, the 4 p.m. Fox game, I would think that this will be Troy, and it's going to be Joey Bucks. Uh, Aaron Andrews on the sideline. I call him Joey Big Bucks. Kay. Well, he makes them. Yeah. Aaron Andrews on the sideline, and she's all like, hey, here's what's going on down here. Back to the booth. That's how it works, yeah. That's what a sideline reporter does. <laughs> Absolutely. Basically, that's what they do. Anyway, the Atlanta Falcons are 3-1. And uh, they have the best offense in football. Oh, here's a real one, Greg. Marron, first in total offense and scoring, sixth in rushing, first in passing, tied for third in uh, least term- turnovers. Atlanta doing everything right on offense. But now, now the true test. They travel to Denver to face the defending Super Bowl champions undefeated and their defense, Chris Wessling, looking better than ever.
1: Broncos' defense is even better than last year. I think Denver fans might feel a pang of nostalgia for their 2013 offense because this Falcons offense is Hmm. reminiscent of that one, the 2007 Patriots and the 2000 Rams. Wow, that is high praise. As far as statistically, they are right there with those offenses. They are on a pace to break the record for most yards in a season. But do you you think they have the
4: personnel – to come close to any of those records.
1: Well, here's the thing. The Broncos have not allowed a 100, 100-passer 100 rating in 29 games. Mm. In the last seven games against basically a murderer's row of quarterbacks, Big Ben, Andrew Luck, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton twice, Tom Brady, Tom Brady and Jameis Winston, 59-passer rating with a 3-8 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. Three touchdowns against in those seven games they've allowed through the air. I think the, you have to give the edge to the Broncos.
4: Oh, absolutely.
1: I think so, too. I mean, it's also, it's in Denver, an
3: impossible place to operate. But, you know, the Falcons are sitting at number eight in our power pole, and that would have been an unthinkable thing three weeks ago. And it's because of what we're seeing every week. No matter where they go, what they do, they are dialing up big plays and points. Matt Ryan is playing at an MVP level. And, you know, for all the stuff on Matt Ryan, I have never seen him as an an MVP player ever before. Not in any season.
1: Well... This year, Speaking I of would. MVPs, this game features one and two in my MVP rankings, which you can find at nflcom Ooh. slash Ooh. position I, rankings. Oh yeah, Bob I Miller know. number one in the MVP race.
4: That's that a URL. Bro. I, I I totally can buy that because he is the he finishes games, he wins games the first two weeks of the year for them, and the Falcons have been great, and they've. They beat a good defense last week. But sometimes the schedule makers just set you up as a football fan. And they get the Broncos this week and the Seahawks next week. And that's that's what you want to see. And I and I kind of doubt the Falcons are going to win either one of those games because they're not balanced. Their defense is worse than it was last yeah, year. Yeah, that's, that's the big they, issue. They are one of the worst defenses in the league after – actually being in the middle of the pack last week. And to me, Denver is a much more balanced team. We haven't even mentioned. We don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. But I, I think they can find enough offense, whether it's Paxton Lynch or Trevor Sidney. I think
3: they could find more offense with Paxton Lynch mm. potentially. Is
2: it, is it possible with the Falcons on offense? Like Just like you said, Mark, three weeks ago, you know, it was unthinkable that we'd be talking about him this way. Three weeks from now, we'll be like, oh, well, everybody got a yes, little over Yes, because they did that last here. year about how good this offense is. I know uh, I know that they're a better, deeper offense, but it's not like this is a totally different team than last year. So they could definitely regress to the mean. Well, I think
3: Mohamed Sanu com- – yes, Not the, the median, Mark. You're right. The mean. All right. And it, for people that are watching this having no idea what's happening here, it's it's a math burn on me after I showed incorrect math knowledge on a later podcast earlier in the week. A later podcast earlier in the week. You gotcha. That right. gotcha. One keep, of those. Keep
2: moving. Gotcha. I
3: don't know what to say. I mean, I think the, the addition of Mohamed Sanu has been huge here. And yet said, Julio Jones last week is shattering records. It's you know, doing crazy has stuff. not done a ton. It's not he just Sanu.
1: It's that you've, you're mixing in Taylor Gabriel and Ald- Aldrick Robinson, which provides a speed element. You've got Austin Hooper at tight end, who's a good athlete. You've got but six or seven options now where last year you had one. But to yep. me, when
4: those guys are producing – that's just a sign that the offensive line and Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan and especially those two running backs taking up so much attention are producing because those guys are, are journeymen.
1: Well, so well if, they're if, role players and they're being used in
4: the right role. Absolutely. But that to me shows you what a strong – if you're strong enough to, to showcase those guys – then that means the run the running game to me is well,
3: and tough. Alex Mack is quietly one of the best free agent yeah. signings around the league. He's a center, so no one talks about it, but he did that in Cleveland quietly, one of the toughest pivots in, in the NFL, and it's, it's happening again in Atlanta.
2: Are you okay with that? Are you happy that he's succeeding elsewhere?
3: Yes, I. It's I. You know, Alex Mack deserves it. I mean, he he he's a huge part of what's happening there. I I think that it, the whole line changes with him in there. Kubi- a, you don't like
2: succeed elsewhere, guys, Play <laughs> with the Browns.
3: Look, at, it's a, all that. I mean, I can't control all that.
2: <laughs> uh, before we move on, anybody want to hang some Zeppelin on the Falcons this week? Just no.
0: curious. You notice these um, <laughs> onions are sitting on top of the ground.
1: Got a student versus mentor game here. Gary Kubiak and Kyle Ooh. Shanahan. And Shanahan's got the hotter hand right now.
4: He, he does. And, and after re-watching Paxton Lynch, I did think there was a, you know, and he, he wasn't. He didn't have time to prepare, but there was a downgrade going from Simeon. I mean, he did look like a rookie that, that you would expect to see. He's got the raw talent, and maybe if you have a week to get him ready for this game and it, you've got an easy opponent, he'll look better. But I think it is a downgrade if you go to the rookie. A
2: tutor versus mentor game, uh, Wes. Uh, but Where does that fall on your wounded animal scale? No, the mentor has darker hair than the tutor.
4: Well, he's got darker hair than the entire well, That Kubiak, like, right. It is a
2: jet stream. So what happens
3: top.
1: when you put shoe polish on your head?
2: Let's move on. I wasn't saying that. Kubiak coach
3: of the year right now. That was an interesting uh, wormhole to travel down. Good yeah. job.
2: Cool. Uh next up, let's talk about <laughs> the Cincinnati Ben. ooh, interconference guys.
4: Non-conference? Feeling Inter- pretty confident Inter- about cross-conference.
2: that. Cross-conference. Interconference. Cross-conference matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals a 2 and 2 against the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody all excited about the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> this is the 4:25 late game on CBS. Jim Nance, you got some Mm. Sims. Hey, Jim, I really like this matchup between Andy Dalton.
3: Yeah, I can't get enough of the folksy color, man.
2: (laughs) Uh, So this is a very good matchup here. Um, Dak (laughs) Prescott looking tremendous. Chris Wessling this season. Still no interceptions, but it's going to change against the Cincinnati D, isn't it? I don't think so. (laughs) I like what I see with Dak
1: Prescott. I, I see a little Russell Wilson in him. His elusiveness, his intelligence, his poise. I know Greg doesn't want to use the word poise. But Dak Prescott has done that, and he's hard to take down. He's very elusive. Ezekiel Elliott, getting stronger as the season goes along. Loved what I saw out of him last week. If he gets 20 carries against the Bengals, he'll become the first in history. 20 carries in each of his team's first
2: five games.
1: I don't have a problem with that happening. I think that will happen.
3: First I mean,
2: rookie in history, I should say, barring a total, you know, you're going to go out on a limb and say Elliott's going to get 20 carries. I don't think it's going out
3: on a limb. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's what
2: I'm saying. It's, <laughs> it's the really centerpiece of their, their offense. Limb. I think it's like, who cares? Agreement. 20 carries in a game. Can, Can we get crazy about that? I'm not.
1: Can we agree to stop I, I, with I, all know, the nonsense about Dak Prescott keeping Tony Romo at bay? Oh yeah, that. That I don't ridiculous. think the team's thinking that. So why should we be? I right. I
3: don't like, know. Well, let's see him play. Let's see him
2: play some other teams. We're only we all we all think he's playing great. And they're three and one. If they're seven and one, there's not going to be any discussion internally about this. It's not like Dak Prescott's no. going to prance away in free agency. He's the
1: future at the position, it's, but there's a, something well, else going it's on. It's best here. left for narrative podcasts, which this one is not. Tony Romo allows your offense to do so many different things. Let's think about that when he is seven and one, well, not when he's three and one.
4: Let's see him against a better than average defense because it hasn't happened yet, and that. That's not taking anything away. It's incredible how well he's playing against any NFL defense. But the best team they've played is the Giants, and the next three are some of the three worst defenses. Well, I, I am looking forward to this game for both teams because I don't know what I have yet in the Bengals. It was a very encouraging performance well, against, you have against Miami. They <laughs> they yeah. they're, they're all playing for me. This is my league and yeah. my entertainment. We we understand that dynamic. 100%. I, least I'm watching by, this. With the Royal we. I mean the great eyes. and powerful
2: oz. <laughs> Very Exclusive.
4: And uh I don't really know what I have with this uh Cowboys team either. They've played some Let cupcakes. Let us know,
2: and uh, you know what you have. You're gonna
4: f- they're going to they're gonna tell me. <laughs> Here's well, what
2: Greg doesn't why have. Why do you keep pointing behind me, by the These way? These are the teams. <laughs> Their the <laughs> the logos <laughs> are right there. Greg. Just logos, Greg. <laughs> you know, for
3: the people watching, you're turning your head away from the camera for 80% of the segment, not, not, benefit, not, not great behind television.
1: Behind me. That's a benefit.
2: Yeah. yeah. All right.
1: Here's what you don't have. For the Bengals, you don't have Tyler Eifert because he had a setback this week, according to Rap Sheet. Not ankle-related either. And you Definitely might not have Des Bryant for the Cowboys. He didn't practice on Wednesday. I, you know, Greg, I get what you're saying about they
3: haven't played a Titanic opponent, the Dallas Cowboys, but any rookie quarterback that's not turning the ball over at all at this point in the season, I, there's more than just the opponent course, going on. Of I, course, I, I have spent a lot of minutes on this podcast talking up Doc Prescott. All I'm saying is I want to see yes, the you Cow- have, this is Greg is constantly just Greg's bringing it back to Greg I'm and saying, Greg's input and I'm Greg's world I'm saying let's see him here. play
2: a real team.
3: Let's okay. see him. They're all real teams.
2: Let's pick this game.
3: Mark, pick and score. Who's in it? Yikes. I'm kidding. I'm going
1: Dallas, baby. This is in Dallas. They're going to win. Can't believe I'm doing this for the second week in a row. I'm picking my hometown Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Interesting. Uh, Ooh, this is a good one. This is a tough one. Dallas at home. Not the most dominant home. The Bengals not scoring a lot of points.
1: What if we could see your thoughts?
2: Uh, 23-20 Bengals. Yeah, I like
4: the Bengals.
3: Ooh, I got a hero pick. I don't even think it's... Home team, hero pick.
4: Not a tough one to pick. They're going to miss the home crowd they had in San Francisco. That was a a better crowd for the Cowboys. You're right.
2: Sounds like you know what you have in the Bengals to say it's not hard. Well, that would be if I'm correct. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on, folks, and uh, we'll talk about the hometown team here in uh, Los Angeles. The Rams on a random and uh, ultimately one. Random. one might guess a misleading three game winning streak uh, to move to three and one and on to the top NFC West. And everybody's like, oh, I'll give the Rams some respect all right, bro, uh, win a couple more games, and then I'm going to get in. Otherwise, I'm going to still view this as a blip on the seasonal It's a radar. fair standpoint by you. And here come the Bills, and you want to talk about teams that turn their fortunes around. The Bills were 0-2 with a, a brutal schedule ahead against the Cardinals and against the Patriots. Then they go and win both those games. Everybody's trying to figure out now what's going on with the Bills, and they're getting a little healthy. Shaq Lawson's back on the on the grid now, They're their, their first-round pick. Uh, the Bills at Rams, uh, and... Here's the thing, though. I am a certified Rexpert. I have the documentation on my wall. So-called. In my study. uh, And I'm going to tell you something. Who made it? Uh, The Rexpert Academy. Okay. uh, Based in uh, Florin Park. They haven't moved their offices yet. Uh, This is one of those classic Rex got you pumped up. You got your two big W's. He's feeling confident, maybe you know, hit the wings too hard with his brother over the week, didn't study as hard for the upcoming opponent. The team comes out flat, and I'm going to lock it up that the Bills are going to lose this game. After two amazing wins, the Bills are going to show up flat and get beat by a Rams team. That isn't even that good. Flying across the
1: country.
4: Doesn't help. I mean, a lot of Rams fans – heard what you said in terms of a classic Rex Ryan game, and they probably thought, well, this is a classic Jeff Fisher game mm, right when they true. get you excited. This Rams offense is counting on Case Keenum to make creative, crazy plays each week or else they don't really have much of an offense. That's tough to count on each week. If 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 you could put money on that an that NFL game was going to be decided by some boneheaded penalty, this would be the game to do it.
3: Well, you're you looking, know what I mean like these yeah two because Buffalo they're been mirror one, images yeah of and each other. Buffalo you know dating under Rex Ryan's been one of the most undisciplined teams penalty heavy squads out there and Jeff Fisher
4: has ranked I think in the bottom five in penalties for a, a many straight years and that's when I watch that Cardinals games I still am a little worried about this Rams team because it's the same formula that it's always been dumb penalties bad challenges you ugly the game up that's what Rex Ryan wants to do and you hope you win and thats usually doesn't work over the course of 16 games
1: five to two final <laughs> it
2: sounds realistic where are we let me ask you a question guys where are we now 32 games not sure how many starts into the Tyrod Taylor era we are, where are we what do, what do we think about Tyrod Taylor uh, here's my thoughts he changes from week to week he
1: does, there's no, like, set offense in Buffalo. They don't have a system. They let Tyrod Taylor get loose on the edges, throw the ball outside the numbers. They don't use the middle of the field at all, except for the running game. And I don't know if it speaks so highly of a quarterback when they're running – and this could be just all Rex, but they run so much Wildcat. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and that Rex loves that. And Rex, Rex who does at times seem to be trapped in a decade ago, uh, you know, on offense at least – absolutely likes these mobile quarterbacks that he struggled to prepare for. So he thinks doing the same thing to other teams is a win. And if the bills totally bottomed out, which looks like they won't potentially at this point, I would not have a problem with that team looking for a different quarterback to at least compete with Tyron Taylor. I don't think this is your guy forever, but he's better option than they've had for years. I think when they changed
4: coordinators, they didn't want Taylor just dropping back and surveying the
3: field quite as much because that was not working the first few weeks. Well and the past so coordinator favored at
1: times last season E. J. Manuel. We're so used to, you know, kind of admiring scripted quarterbacks because that's how you get consistency in the NFL. There's a lot of things about Taylor to admire too. Well, he's, he's
4: the best I think he's the best running quarterback in the NFL. Well
1: I think Russell Wilson is I, I
4: think in terms of pure Scrambling, running skills—maybe not throwing the ball after you do it. I think it's Taylor. I think
2: part of being a successful running quarterback is that you don't get hurt doing it, which he's not—he's not been able to stay healthy.
3: Here's what separates
2: Russell oh. Wilson from Tyrod, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor:
4: Taylor. No. Has he had I- major injury problems? Am I missing something?
1: Yeah. He missed a couple games he last. Missed year. Missed games last year all the time. Taylor might be quicker. Russell Wilson's decision making as a scrambler is so much better. Yeah. Well, we know that Russell Wilson is among those group of quarterbacks
3: that are preparing unlike anyone else. He's one of the most, you know, obsessed football guys out there. And not that Taylor isn't, but Russell Wilson, the overall package, I would take and the, over. And the, And uh, he's going to be
4: scrambling in this game because the Rams have the best player in the league in Aaron Donald, who I think is an MVP candidate, too. The best player in the league. I think so far. If I had to choose an MVP. But you so said far, Von Miller would be the MVP. I, I thought that was a good choice. They would be in my top three. It's not a big difference. I think he's been great and the Rams bring so much pressure. I mean, they were pressuring Carson Palmer right into the last play of the game last week. I mean, Andrew Stanton. Aaron Donald
1: two- does have the most QB hits in the league so far. In
3: the first two weeks of the year, the Rams, and they've done this to a, to a further extent in weeks three and four, are forcing quarterbacks to pass quicker than any other team in the league at times, and that's pressure. That's going to be an issue for Tyrod Taylor.
1: One last thing. I want to see if Rex and this linebacker core, which Zach Brown, I know we talked about him Sunday night, was absolutely phenomenal in that game. Are they going to approach the Rams' offense a little bit different than other teams have where they concentrate so much on shutting down Todd Gurley that you allow Case Keenum all these open windows? Mm. And the Rams have taken advantage of that for three straight weeks.
2: Uh, Let's move on, guys, and uh, now it's time to talk about an intra-state battle. (laughs) That's right. Wow. You nailed it. Within the same, you know, zone, if you will. It's our state. Yes, it is uh, the San Diego Chargers taking on the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, it says, according to our, our research guide, are 4-0. But I don't think that's accurate,
3: is it? That's <laughs> uh, not accurate. Yikes.
4: Wow. Ooh. All of that work they've done for you over the years, and you just <laughs> drive the bus well, right I just, over them. Wow. I mean, yeah.
2: I mean, accuracy is important. The Raiders are not 4-0. They are 3-1, and one, I believe. Uh, so they host the San Diego Chargers <laughs> at 1-3. Easily. Now, the Chargers could be 4-0. If are you just- saying the
1: Raiders are not what the record says they are?
2: Well, literally on this page, right. no. But they are 3-1, and and I stand by them as a 3-1 and team. I think they're a good team and a fun team. That's why they're my team of ATL nominee. Nice try, Wes. Uh, the Chargers, though, are 1-3, and they're getting their guts ripped out every week. What do we think, Greg?
4: I think these are two diametrically opposed teams because the Raiders – have totally changed from the Al Davis years into a team that just doesn't beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. They don't allow sacks. They don't particularly go deep down the field. They play very conservative, whereas the Chargers go out of their way to beat themselves. They can't find a lead that they can't lose. I think well, they, they expect to lose. You
3: want to hear something crazy? They're 1-2 this year. When they've led by 13 points in the fourth quarter, one and two, that's three games in four weeks. The rest of the NFL in that situation is 28 and 0. So I would say what I'm saying is that's not going to keep happening over and over. I don't know. That's true, but it did for the whole second half of last season, and now through four. That's that's that. The problem there is that goes right back to the coaching staff. Along, it's not just the players. I mean, something is breaking down on a wild general level for the Chargers.
2: Well, Mike McCoy is not good at uh, head coaching, probably, right? Is that the answer?
3: I am not making that statement. I just why think not? that there would be – because I there's more than just all that, but Mike McCoy has definitely got to be someone that is going to be in hot seat material if they keep this up. Just say, I think Mike McCoy
2: sucks. I don't think that. Whoa. So. Wait, listen. You, why don't you Wait, say that? Listen, listen. We have live satellite in San Diego. Oh, no, that does not sound good. I don't
1: know why a whimpering man doesn't bother me, but a whimpering dog does. <laughs> it, it bothers me, the whimpering
4: man. Yeah, this sound effect is troubling. And it's going to be bothering uh, Mike that's McCoy that he doesn't have, J- might not have Jason Barrett. Partially torn ACL. That's
2: cornerback this That's week. devastating. Not too many people come back from a partially torn ACL, right?
4: Well, not he's, many. He's played... Through it, I believe, for the last two weeks without anyone really knowing. They knew he was hurt, but he was on the field, not overly effective. But that's a killer loss because he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And this defense, for all the talent they have, I think is underperformed.
2: Mark, can you break down the physiological um, uh, breakdown of the partial tear of the ACL? Is he able to cut? What kind of moves can he make as a football player? No idea. Okay.
1: To Greg's point about the Raiders playing conservatively, Derek Carr should be getting a lot more credit. He leads the NFL in red zone percentage, lowest sack percentage, and going back to last year, lowest interception percentage. Mm. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't. He gets rid of the ball.
4: They protect him pretty well. You know, they didn't really move the ball well against Baltimore, but that's that's the type of games you can win if you just don't beat yourselves and don't make mistakes and don't turn the ball over and you have guys like Michael Crabtree who can make some plays for you and you have the best punting performance I've maybe ever seen in my life by Marquette King. Not often a punter makes the show, but Marquette King the last couple of weeks is on a run I've barely ever seen out of a punter. We're oh, in the golden age
1: awesome. of punting. You got Pat McAfee, Johnny Hecker, Marquette yeah. King. We got some great about, punters in the end. That's the golden age you want to be in. <laughs>
2: How about Marquette King? First of all, the Raiders have gone from Shane Lecker Mar- uh, uh, to Marquette King, which is pretty don't, good.
1: Don't forget about Ray Guy.
2: Ray Guy uh, back in the day. And now you have Marquette King who, who pins teams deep. And then in Baltimore did the Ray Lewis dance after pinning a team <laughs> deep. How awesome so is So the, the Colts go from Manning to Luck. The Packers
3: go from, you know, Favre to Rodgers. And yes. the Ra- the Raiders get two awesome punters. Yes. But
1: on That's to Carr. Sometimes.
3: One thing about Carr, we, you know, we, we were hot and cold on him as a podcast in his first season. And, you know, different coaching staff at this point. You're seeing footwork we've talked about on this show. All the little things that Derek Carr is asked to do, he's better at now than he was last season and better than he was and the first season. You know what you're getting
4: every week, which you don't you don't think about for young quarterbacks. Like He's the same guy every week. And by the
2: way, a second-round pick, Reggie McKenzie, once again, that is a huge hit to get a quarterback at this level that isn't like a gimme first-round choice. That said, yes, the San Diego
3: Chargers traveling to Oakland. Intrastate are my lock of the week, wow. baby.
2: Oh Why?
3: That's surprising. Just rolling the dice. Hmm. Got it. Got reason. it wildly That's, wrong last week. Got it wrong the week before. great news for the Raiders. Dan's team of. Uh,
2: oh, I'm reading of between of the lines here. The kissing cousins. Wes is like, I turn on the Ravens and all I can think about is how wonderful they are <laughs> when they place the Raiders. And now we got a lock of the week on. Wait, against so there's team.
3: multiple teams that you're overly sensitive about that I need to finesse and the, maneuver. The Raiders.
2: Around? The Raiders. Not, it's not a Dan thing. ACL. It has
3: nothing to do with Dan at all. And by the way, you
2: should
1: be happy. I continually get these wrong. That's you true. should be flying. I went home last night and looked inside my deep, dark, black heart, Dan. (laughs) And it softened a little bit. I feel better about the Vikings and the Raiders. Hmm. I'm opening my mind on these two. Ooh, okay. Development.
2: That actually is, I find that attractive, Wes.
1: You do.
4: It's breaking news right now.
2: Breaking Uh, news. (laughs) Wes. I love when Cindy scrambles behind the glass. (laughs) Breaking news.
4: Wes's heart. A lighter shade than you expected.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, just leave it. That's a good, like, cliffhanger. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so, Mark, you're locking up the Chargers. Quite okay. a news bullet in there. Yeah. We've
1: gotten through most of these teams, and we haven't locked from Greg yet. <laughs> I locked up the Thursday night Cardinal.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, that's true. Night.
2: That's true. All right. Greg will be the
3: only person in America watching that game. <coughs>
2: well, it already happened.
3: <laughs> true. Fair enough. <laughs> uh,
2: let's move on now and talk about uh, our next game, the New York Giants disappointing showing in Minnesota um, beat by the Vikings and looked like the inferior team. Now they travel to green Bay to face the Packers. The Packers coming off a buy. Uh, they're two and one. They had, if you remember now, it feels like a long time ago an exlo- explosive first half against the lions uh, in their last game. And then kind of withered in the second half. So just when you're about to say, Oh, the Packers are totally back in. They, they kind of lay an egg in the second half. So there's still some doubt about what's going on with their offense. And um, let me just start here on this game with Odell Beckham. This is something that came out on Tuesday. Um, Sid, can I have a little accompaniment it for this uh, Odell Beckham quote? This to ESPN, Odell Beckham Jr. Football is my sanctuary. It's where I go to escape. It's where I'm most happy. I'm not having fun anymore. I don't know what's going on with this guy's head. I don't know what's going on. Hey, Odell, come back to us.
1: Reminds me so much of Randy Moss on the field, and the way he speaks and the media treats him. Sports writers overreact to Odell Beckham like nobody I've seen since Randy Moss. Mm. Randy Moss could say things like, "Oh, I don't have to answer to you. I'm not trying," and sports writers would just lose their minds. What do you mean you're not trying? Of course he's trying. He's Randy Moss. Odell Beckham's the same way. He does anything, and sports writers just lose their white guy minds. Well, Well,
4: haven't we all struggled with loving our jobs that people would kill for? just like we think you know people should kill to be Odell Beckham and we we've expressed those frustrations he's oh uh, he's a young guy you don't think so you
2: guys letting this guy off the hook i mean he's a young kid he's a diva he's, he's immature he's, he's all of those but things cares, but why, why overreact to it? wait a second it's not overreacting but you don't have to just brush it under the rug because you love him as a talent he is a legitimate distraction for this team right now you see it on the field and his production but, is down too right. i mean the, you, these things to me that's are
4: that's human hand hand. We, that's human we've all I, so, So I'm saying people are distractions sometimes in their job when they lose their love for especially 24 year olds. I'm willing because I do think he works hard and he wants to be great that I think it's going to be a blip and he gets over. I
3: think we see some similar stuff not pertaining directly to that quote, Dan, but from Des Bryant, from other guys that the competitive nature is off the charts. But. Odell Beckham, I'll go back to the age thing over and over. He's learning how to handle what is and that came to him out of nowhere. It comes off like a
1: spoiled brat.
3: Yeah, I mean, he drives. He's driven us all nuts at times, so I'm not letting him off the hook at all. But, you know, when it comes to being honest about I'm not sure I'm enjoying things right now, it comes after weeks of being lambasted and you know, taken down by the media over and
2: over as well. So maybe he's tiring of that. I don't think he's tiring of being a football I, player. Listen, he's talking about football. I think he must be talking about what's outside the game. Randy Moss is a good guy to bring up, too, because he was another guy, a once-in-a-generation talent, that I think burned some of his prime years because he wasn't able to kind of get his act together all the time. And I think Giant fans, if he ask Giant fans, not just the media, Giant fans are a little concerned about where this guy's at, his his mental state right now. Maybe it is a blip. Maybe he comes back and he's fine. It's he so a week
1: up, 4 you. By yeah. by November, nobody will even be talking it, about. Maybe that. it could maybe.
4: depend on the opponent that he plays. I mean, I think Xavier Rhodes is one guy, and Josh Norman is one guy. I don't. I think the the Packers have a good secondary. I don't know if they have the guy to get as physical well, with Odell Beckham to shut him down. They're also a
3: team that gave up what 180 plus yards to Stephon Diggs and 200 plus to Marvin Jones. So mm. this one thing about this Giants team is doing some next gen, next gen stat stuff. And Tumbleback. out of 253 plays they run off offense, 243 snaps have been three wide receiver sets. There's no other team anywhere close to that. And so, and if the book is out on Odell Beckham, go get in his face and get in his mind before the game, if that's what people are saying about him, the Giants are showing you what they're going to do on offense. You got to try to find a way to line up and stop it.
4: it it's interesting opposing that to the Packers, who also were criticized for not really mixing up their personnel and changing things. And I'm really curious to see how they look on offense in this game. Because if you watch that Detroit game, they were a little more creative. You saw a lot of Trevor Davis at wide receiver. You know, you hear all about millions of wide receivers in Green Bay. You never heard about Trevor Davis. He was in there. Ty Montgomery in the backfield as a running back. Mike McCarthy kind of mixing it up. And, man, they had guys open in that game. So coming off a bye against an okay Giants defense, yeah, I want to see. Are we going to get that Packers offense again? I wouldn't be surprised if we do, and, mm. and o- on on they go.
1: We're going to get that Packers offense again. They're going to jump out to a big lead, and then lock it up! <laughs> <laughs> and the Giants' comeback attempt. Odell Beckham goes over the 200-yard mark. Lock it up. 200?
2: 200. 200. Wow. Whoa. Which, by the way, doesn't mean everything's solved with Odell Beckham. If he has a big production day, it's because he's fantastically talented. I, I'm just... You know, the guy was crying on the sideline a couple of weeks ago. I, yeah. I just – I got to I gotta keep my eyes on the situation here personally. I think I for us, that's all. when we cover it's this stuff – not crusty white guy stuff. It's, it's just, I hear, like, what's going on? We're
3: in it 24-7 all day long, too. And if, you, if, if you're a fan, you can tune it out if you want. It's in our newsroom. It's in our faces. It's in our ears all day long. And anyone is exhausted with him and 55 other athletes, to be honest – I don't have a big problem with that. That's your, that's your, it's up to you. That's all talk show
1: fodder stuff. And uh, let me quote, let me quote Damashek Odell Beckham is still one of the best football players, settled down weirdos. So why who is saying he's all not this a good nonsense player. about whether he's hurting the giants okay in in early october of 2016 right. he's hurting the giants for a week or two but, but that counts not. that doesn't mean that's so
4: not
2: a, a but he's not he's issue. not hurting I
4: mean, them as much as their right tackle or their right side of their offensive line or their running game or a million other things so to to focus that to much. wash your
2: hands of it as some type of talk show narrative just it, that's not reading the situation correctly in my opinion i think it has been a legitimate issue you see all these guys coming up to him every week you see his old coach talking about it. I mean, it's it's out there that this guy's playing a little out of control right now. That's It's that issue, it's so not much. a 24/7 news cycle issue though. No. I mean, we don't talk about it every show. But no, I'm just, talking about like, it it's just way. been dragged
1: through the mud. I mean, it's just like, all right, I, enough with the Odell Beckham.
2: <laughs> well, that's it. We I could talk about it though.
1: I thought we did a good job of handling that discussion. We dude.
2: did. Now let's the rest of the show let's continue to talk about it though. That's really <laughs> another yeah, game. I, I would like uh add. Let's pick that game. I like that game. Giants at Packers, Mark.
3: I'm going to go Giants.
4: Wow. Nice. Hmm. Looking for another hero pick, I smell.
1: Packers Gosh. are so good at home. I'm going Packers.
2: I didn't like what I saw from the Giants. I smell a little bit of a funk coming up with that team. And uh, maybe Mike McCarthy learned some things from that second half. Uh, the play calling there. I like the Packers winning by a couple scores.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think the giants are an above average team right now. And uh, the Packers defense has been good, pretty deep in terms of their rush. Let's
2: talk
3: on Sunday night when I've won two hero picks, Nick, Nick Perry, <laughs>
4: uh, Nick Perry's having a career year right now. He's been better than clay Matthews or Julius peppers. Nick Perry. Nice little, nice little re-signing
2: by the Packers yeah. for cheap money. That was a Sunday night game, by the way. Now the Monday night football game, Oh, you know what, schedule makers, come back to us. What are we doing here? And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1-3, and three, at the Carolina Panthers, 1-3. I don't know if we're going to have Cam Newton. Like, the Cardinals got banged with Carson Palmer in the short week. The the Panthers are going to uh, get an extra day to see if they can get Newton on the field after his concussion. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but if, Panther, if, if, if Newton's there... The Bucks going to Carolina, Mark, that feels like a total buzzsaw.
3: Well, we talked about this downstairs, and it reminds me of last Sunday night when you take the Chiefs, you know, and the schedule makers don't know what's going to happen with these teams, I'll give them that, but the Chiefs having to go into Pittsburgh, or was anyone surprised when it was an absolute bomb drop and the Chiefs are getting scattered all over the field? Now you take the Bucks, and you make them go into Carolina – why would the Bucks in this game not be a home a hometown team? They never get home. They never get home games at night ever. It's a chance to do that, despite what I've said about their field and their stadium. it will be but, a chance to see them without sunlight. Though. Well, thank you. And also, it's just like you're putting a you're putting what is a, identifiably in the off season as an average team into a team that went fifteen and
4: one last season. You have an exciting player to market and, build and watch and Jameis Winston. Well, the you can watch him he, on Game Pass. The problem is he's dealing with the situation kind of like Andrew Luck. He's not Andrew Luck yet. I'm not saying that. This is a lousy team around him, and they've gotten worse because of injuries. Just last week they lost Gerald McCoy and Noah Spence. Both of those guys are supposed to miss this game. They are missing, including Doug Martin and some of the players in the front line, they're missing four or five of their best players, and they weren't a very deep team to begin with, Winston is struggling. This is a, I agree. It's, it's a tough situation to go into. And I think even if Winston played well, they don't beat the Panthers.
1: Last week was a recipe for disaster against a Denver defense that had no respect for Charles Sims whatsoever mm. and was going to tee off on Jameis Winston all game long. I don't think the Bucks are a good team, but I think they're going to play better than they did against the Broncos. This is a flip. Be hard.
2: This is a flip to panic switch game for the Panthers. It will be a tougher game, of course, if Cam Newton doesn't play. But if they somehow stumbled here and went to one and four, then you could legitimately say they're in deep trouble. But I just don't see it.
3: We can talk about Tampa's offense having their issues. Their defense in four games: twenty-four, forty, thirty-seven, and twenty-seven points allowed. I mean, this defense is a disaster. And and that was giving a, and even that
4: twenty-seven points last week feels misleading cuz they're giving up long drives where they just can't get off the and field and they
2: don't turn the ball over. They're 30th in turnovers in the league right. Now. I
4: I thought Mike Smith would help this defense just cuz they were so bad with Lovey Smith last year and uh it's not working. They've been real they've been you got a thin, lesser
3: Smith,
2: I guess. So. <laughs> Damn, bro. They've been banged up.
4: You don't want a lesser they've Smith. They've been a, they're they're a faulty roster that's ba- that's pretty banged up and they're not handling it.
2: Hmm. All right, there you go guys. That is the preview of week five. The next time you hear from us, all these games, with the exception of the Monday Night Football game, will have been played, and we will break them down for you. Uh, Our flagship show, our recap show, again, again, we're approaching our highest ever downloaded show for a week four uh, recap. So thank you to the listeners, Uh, you guys all over the world, uh, from The Hague to London to Australia to Ireland, uh, to mother russia trinidad and tobago trinidad canada of course our friends to the north everywhere uh thank you for listening to the show and and now of course since i left out one of the seven million uh countries in the world i'll get banged on twitter but thank you to you guys too
3: i thought of this is this is not a good segue dan i apologize i thought of a great prank okay someone that is annoying you mm-hmm. go into their house while they're not there <clears throat> and what you do is you set all their TVs and all their any radios in the house, anything that emits any sort of a broadcast, and you get a very technically proficient wire type person to put the Bucks Panthers replay on loop forever. There's no way to change it. The only thing they can watch in their house is the Bucks Panthers replay and from now until the end of their lives.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: I'm telling you, that will settle the score. All right. Nicely done, Sid. That's good. Let's get out of here. I think it's good, Mark.
3: I think it's good. You know, this show started with Dan. Well, I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) What? No, Greg not appreciating my musical reference, and it ends this way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Till Sunday. (laughs) Till (laughs) Sunday. of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise.